Gerald, it's October. It's the beginning of the spooky, spooky horror season. So we're kicking things off on the peas in grand fashion, reviewing the scariest movie ever put to celluloid. That's right. Craig Gillespie's dumb money. Hit it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Gerald here with you and wearing the red bandana across the way, looking at his stocks in the window below at the bottom of the screen. Nick, how are you, my friend? Two dumb guys going to review a real dumb movie for you. That's right, baby. We got dumb money on the peas. What's going on? Man, I get. I, we should do like guess your rating. I wonder if I guess your rating tonight. <laughs> I already told you. I've been telling you for weeks what the rating of this oh, movie was going to be. Can't be that bad, man. How's it going, baby? How are you? It's going good, man. It'll it'll lead to a lively discussion, though. Nonetheless, mm, it'll lead so. to something. <laughs> but I'm excited to talk dumb bunny. The last couple weeks, Nick, you and I dove into the patron picks, and you yourself got a choice. And when last week we talked about silence from Martin Scorsese. Yep. And now we're getting ready to have a run here of uh, current releases. And the first one up is Craig Gillespie's Dumb Money. Yep. And uh, we'll see what we think about that. Yeah. Let's we'll, we'll kind of put a we'll put a pin in it, and we'll get back to it here in just a minute. But every week we start the episode out with what we call one big question, Nick. You could ask yourself a question. I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? So, Nick and I come up with a question for each other to start the episode that is somewhat inspired by the film that we are reviewing. Nick, I got one for you that I literally just thought of about three minutes ago. Lay it on me, baby. I got Pete's. Pete's going to call me in like t- 20 minutes. You got to wrap. <laughs> you might want me to go first because I might forget it anyway. So, I know a big beef with you with this film is how recent the events of the movie are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it just, it, some people would say it's still happening as we're sitting here, but it was a big deal in like 2021, which is just two and a half years ago or so. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, my one big question, is what is something that has not been told on the silver screen? A biopic that you would like to see, but instead we're sitting here reviewing dumb money. I mean, all right, I'll be, well, I mean, I guess we, well, no, I don't really think we, maybe we did. I don't really know. Uh, I'm just going to pivot back to like Orson Welles. It's one of my favorite go-tos for Mm -hmm. like lots of stuff. Like give me, give me an Orson Welles, give me an Orson Welles biopic. I know we got that one movie with like Christian McKay where it was when he was a director in, uh, in New York when he was doing theater and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know we got that movie, but, like, never, like, a life and times, like, straight-up biopic. At least not that I'm aware of. I mean, it could be out there for all I know. Uh, literally, but, the, I mean, the real answer is literally anyone or anything. So, uh, did you come up with an answer for this one yourself? Yeah, I, I have one that's, um, I've been waiting for this, like, my whole life. And it just has not happened yet. I know there's been some, like, kind of dealings going on with the estate and different things legalities that have uh you know it's kind of kept it from happening but nirvana or kurt cobain like i would love to see a legit true biopic about 
the rise of of that band and uh, the fate ultimately of Kurt. And I mean, I know you were a huge Nirvana fan too. Oh, and yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, to this day, they're my favorite band, but they definitely were like in the nineties. And that was really when I was molded into like an alternative grunge fan and has remained my favorite kind of music to this day. And yeah. I just can't believe something so zeitgeisty in pop culture hasn't had a legit big studio biopic production yet. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like a documentary about Taylor Swift. We have those. Do we have those? We, <laughs> we have plenty of those. I watch them weekly. How upset are you that she's off with Travis Kelsey now? Are you, are you uh, real? It's okay. Are you real sad it's about okay. it? Are you real sad? Uh, it's, a, well, it's, it's okay. A, it's in a commercial no, right not. now, but she's, she's there right now at the game. She is there. <laughs> and it's okay because I want her to be happy, so that's fine. You're not at your game, though. No, she's definitely not coming to my game. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of recency, so this ties right into my big question. So I'm kind of glad yours right. was like themed in that in that sense of like things being way too current to be uh, told on the screen. G, my mm. one big question to you is: What other way too recent event should we also just make a movie about? Because apparently, we just need to just try to shove everything into a cinematic experience for some reason. Uh, what other and I mean like really really recent and I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna pinch off the table I'm taking the pandemic away from you not the mm. pandemic because uh, that's too it's that's fish in a barrel that's too easy for for you to go to for a pick uh, so what do you got? Mm. Well, I was thinking COVID initially, and then you you added that little uh, asterisk. That, that's the easy that's the, that's the easy go to though. That's that's the really easy like oh the pandemic of course. I don't necessarily know that I would want to relive it, <laughs> which is, you know, different than dumb money. Like it's something I didn't mind reliving or revisiting or whatever. But I mean, I would say like probably the 2016 election and Trump winning that was just not something I was happy about, but just fascinating that where America has gone. You know, since even the Reagan years up until 2016, coming off the heels of Obama, which is one of my favorite presidents, not to get super political on the show, but I'm a liberal. I'm not in any way, shape or form on the Trump side of things, but it's still just a phenomenon that this reality TV real estate dude or whatever, not only became president, but as like this like deity to so many people in this country. It, you know, like I said, I don't agree with it, but it's still a very fascinating thing to dissect kind of the psyche of this country. And I feel like Trump kind of represents that division in the country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know quite how that would be explored on film, but if they did it tactfully and approached it from a truthful perspective and it wasn't leaning, you know, too far in one direction, yeah. I feel like it might be an interesting watch from like a you know, film perspective. I'm not talking about like a documentary necessarily, but just the way it was kind of like recreated on film. Yeah. So it's funny that you tie it back G into, into like this being too recent and everything like that. So my answer was even, even more recent than the 2016 election. Why not? Where's our movie about Elon buying Twitter? Okay, where's 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 that movie? Oh, wow. Where's our Ocean Gate sub movie? Like that movie should be doing cinemas like in a week or two. Like it that happened like a few months ago. Why is who's been cast? Like somebody there's a, there a director not named to the project already. Like yeah, that's that, <laughs> that, that was, might be coming actually. That was really that was really all I could really think of in, in terms of in terms of the answer to my big question. It's like you know, I mean, 
I've got. We'll talk about it further when we get into the review of this movie proper. Sure. But um, I, I really think that this is not a movie for us, which is probably. I mean, we'll talk about like we'll talk about a lot of it when we get into the review. Yeah, we will. And I kind of know what you're saying there. Um, but with that being said, that was one big question, and we start our review of the film every week by giving our score up front in the early score reveal, Nicholas. Damn it! This always happens. I think I'm going to score, and then I never score. It's not fair. All right, Butthead or Beavis. I don't know. You do Whoever that, you want to be this you week. You do that like every time too. You're like a Butthead. Right. Oh wait. So we don't discuss this with each other up front. We give our individual scores out of ten, and then we talk about how we arrive to that number. All right, Nick, if you're ready, man, I'm going to count us in, and we will reveal what our scores for Dumb Money were out of 10. You ready? Oh, I'm ready, baby. Um, Wait, wait, two. There we go. All right. All right, now you're ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Oh, seven out of oh, 10. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I held up the 10, but subtract uh, subtract six points from that. I'm sorry. Hang on. Hang on just a second. Here. This wait, wait, wait. That's your The Room. There we, there we, there, okay, there we go. Sorry. Sorry. There we go. There we go. Four, oh, four out of 10. Sorry. All right. Held up that 10. I gave myself heart palpitations there real quick. I was like, what? <laughs> you really threw me for one. A four from you, a seven from me. I have no idea what that is. Can you say, Billy? That's a, that's uh, 11, Gerald, divide by two. That's five and a half. Five, 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 five point five. All right. Yeah, 55, just 55. Just say it's a 55. It's a 5.5 from the P's on Dumb Money. I liked it a lot more than Nick did, obviously. So you want to go first, buddy? I know you've been kind of chomping at the bit to not want to talk about this movie, and I'm going to make you talk about it. So what do you have to say? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to riff right off of what we just talked about in one big question, okay? Uh, about the recency of this film. This just happened in 2021. Like, and and there's all these scenes of people masking up and like all this like pandemic reminder stuff. Like, I already remember the pandemic. I remember how much it sucked. I don't need Mm -hmm. this movie to come along two years later and be like, hey, remember 2021? Didn't that (laughs) suck? Like, remember the end of 2020? Wasn't that terrible? Like, that's what I was talking about when I say this isn't a movie for us. This 20 years from now, a bunch of people are going to watch this movie and they're going to be like, oh, man, this is this. This is like all the like all this different stuff, like people that maybe weren't alive now or were too young to really kind of have felt the impact of like the different things that happen in this movie. This is a movie for them. Why it was made now is anybody's guess, literally anybody's guess, because uh, we watched all this stuff in the news and it's so recent that we all remember it all already anyway. That's probably why your theater was empty. That's probably why my theater was empty when I went to watch this. I don't know how well this is performing. I was going to look it up, but then I didn't because I don't care. This movie's not good. It's There's nobody to root for in this movie. <laughs> there's no characters to literally get invested in this movie. The only sure. thing, and I was going to give it to for the meme, because I kept saying week in, week out, I was going to give this a two. The right, only reason right. this got a four is because the soundtrack for this movie slaps so hard. Yeah, the music in this movie, they like there are some needle drops in this movie, different points that slap so hard. Outside of yeah. that, there is nothing good about this movie. Every single thing about it is bad. The story they're telling is bad. Like every single thing about it is bad, bad, bad. It's dumb. It's It's straight up dumb. Dumb, period, point blank, enough. I disagree in some facets of what you had to say there. So I think there are some redeeming qualities about this film. Obviously, I gave it a seven. 
I enjoyed my time with this movie. I really did. Now, it goes, or I should throw in here in the spoiler-free section that I'm a pretty big fan of Craig Gillespie. I've really liked all the movies that he's helmed. I, Tanya is his best film, in my opinion. I did love I, Tanya. I loved the Fright Night remake that he made. No. Uh, it's Stop kind it. of divisive among horror Stop fans, it. but I liked it. It's kind of divisive amongst people with taste, Gerald. It's terrible. Uh, Cruella was good, I thought, last I never year saw, or a I couple years ago. One. I heard that was with good, Emma Stone. So I like him as a filmmaker. I kind of like his eye behind the camera. And this movie had hints of kind of like telling a... Well, we, you know, the cat's out of the bag. I mean, th- like you said, this is, is only a two-year-old story. But I like how it took kind of like elements of like the social network and like the big short where it was like current kind of stuff happening online and turned it into this kind of like dramatic film. In this case, I felt like it was told from a more like funny or or tried to be told from a funny hip perspective, like a TikTok kind of perspective. And I want to mention something that you brought up a couple times already tonight. And you said this movie was not for us. And by... By saying that, I assume you meant like people in our age bracket. No, I just and mean, I think you're right. I mean, people living in in the year of our Lord 2023, Gerald. Uh, this is for people like way in the oh, future who okay. are going to look back on this. Guaranteed, in like 20 years, people will be like, "Man, oh, dumb money!" Like, can you believe it? Like, they'll be so invested in it because they're, they lived through this two years ago. Right. Well, that's what I wanted to say about kind of like to add to what you were saying because I agree with you in one respect that. I think this movie is failing, okay, from a box office perspective and really critically, too. I mean, it's kind of split, really. But I think that the people that are going to connect with this movie the most are the people that were intimately involved with these events. Probably. Which would, which would be predominantly younger people. I mean, the, the GameStop kind of revolution. I mean, you even look at Keith Gill. I think he was maybe in his early 30s at the time. And a lot of college kids were involved in this movement. And the movie's failing from a box office perspective because those people are not going to see this movie because they were there. (laughs) So they lived through the story. The reason I wanted to see the movie, and I've been kind of excited about it, aside from the Craig Gillespie factor and being a fan of his, is Paul Dano. I'm a huge fan of... I mean, the, I mean, I don't know what you're going to say about performances when we get into it, but I mean, I thought he was freaking awesome in this. Like, if this movie had been better received and it was looked at a little more fondly, critically, I mean, he gives an amazing performance in this movie. I mean, he, he had me convinced that he was this YouTuber. And that's another thing I wanted to mention, too. As a YouTuber and as somebody who's creating content... I kind of connected with that part too and him trying kind of like doing his thing online. And I don't know. I just kind of like love those little uh, kind of callbacks to the game, if you will, and the online kind of content creation that he was doing. Um, And then he was also obviously giving, putting all of his savings into this GameStop stock. But I don't know, man. It comes up a little bit later in the fan feedback and then we'll get into the spoiler stuff and just talk about whatever you want to talk about. But, I mean, how soon is too soon? So how long do you wait to make this movie if you're Craig Gillespie? I'm just going to ask you. Uh, This specific movie, never, because this source material was never going to make a good movie. (laughs) Point blank, period. Like, literally, this this was never going to make know, a good man. movie. I don't know, man. You don't think it was a fascinating, like, Robin Hood, Rob from the Rich, Give to the Poor kind of story? No, I mean, because, I don't know. because kinda cool, right? there's nobody to even root for in this movie. All the characters are, like, emotionless. 
like that this is a stacked cast paul dano's in this america ferrera pete davidson who's behind my head over here gerald was filled with chagrin there yeah nick offerman's in this seth rogan's in this um uh clancy brown is in this as as their dad like there's a this is a stacked cast this is a this is a, a whole bunch of people um God, who's the other really rich guy? Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent, mm-hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio. Is that what you just said? Vincent D'Onofrio, Gerald. D'Onofrio. Same person. <laughs> like, th- this is a stacked cast, but they're given nothing to work with here. None of these characters are even remotely investing. These characters are, are like, are we supposed to, like, throw in with, with, with Paul Dano's character, like, as this kind of, like, folk hero who took it to the big, to the big man? And yeah. all, like all these guys, I, I didn't at all. I wasn't emotionally invested in this story at all. So like I went into this movie, Gerald, like I was very cynical about another movie about very recent things mm-hmm. that I was for sure was going to be the dumbest thing possible. And that was David Fincher's The Social Network. Who's going to want to watch a big movie about Facebook? That seems like the dumbest thing in the world to me. It's still my favorite movie of that year. It's one of the best movies of the last decade. It's an incredible movie. This And you can tell, you mentioned The Social Network already. You can tell that this movie wants to be The Social Network. It wants it. it that, that, that The Social Network is embedded somewhere in the DNA of this movie. Craig mm-hmm. Gillespie is not David Fincher. And I'm not even a Fincher fan. Yeah. But Fincher's got a much, much more able kind of ability to to convey that material than Craig Gillespie does here. Like, I'm not invested in any of these characters whatsoever. Like, they're all just blank slates. They're all just it's it's this. I just don't. I just didn't care. I just didn't care. (laughs) I hear you. So I have this thing that I think about occasionally making YouTube videos and the stupid shit that I do and that we do for the podcast and whatever. And I had this thought that comes up sometimes. It's like, what if I do one of these YouTube shorts or one of these TikToks or, you know, we review a movie or or whatever. And, you know, I wake up the next morning and it has a million views or a week later it has a million views. And like all of a sudden, in in some respects, my life has changed. I mean, obviously, Keith Gill in this movie portrayed by Paul Dano took that to a whole other level. I mean, it was a whole movement back in 2020 and 2021, which I think was also exacerbated by the COVID pandemic as well, which we'll talk about a little bit. By the way, spoilers going forward, guys. Let's just go ahead and rip that Band-Aid yeah, off. Yeah. So anything we talk about with dumb money going forward is going to be spoilery. So if you haven't seen the movie and you and you care, skip ahead or come back after you see the movie and finish the episode. So anyway, what I was going to say is I kind of connected with it on that level because what I thought Paul Dano did and Shalane Woodley, who plays his wife in the movie, was they were very much, they, they very much fell backwards into this kind of accidental fame. And it was all because of these streams that he was doing on YouTube about something that he was knowledgeable about, which was finance having the job at Mass I think it was Mass Mutual that he worked so, yeah. at or yeah, I think some so. firm like that. And I don't know, I just kind of, I've had those thoughts before, so I kind of connected in that way, and you're talking about people to root for. So for me, it was very, very easy to get behind Paul Dano's character and what he was kind of doing, because I never thought, you know, the movie later, we have the congressional hearings and all that stuff, because they thought there might be insider trading tips and all this, it, you know, they wanted to make sure it was on the up and up and all this shit. And I never thought that he was a bad guy. Like, I always thought that he was genuinely, you know, you and I talk about movies, right? 
So I thought he was genuinely talking about finance and he was genuinely interested in this GameStop short that was going on by the hedge funds and stuff. And he was, you know, I mean, genuine's the number one word I can think of. And I think Paul Dana as an actor really pulled that off too. Because I don't I don't know. I didn't watch this guy's streams in real time and I haven't gone back to watch him now. So I don't know if I would have thought the same seeing the actual Keith Gill do it. But in the movie, coming from the perspective of somebody that's on YouTube and somebody that's pushing something that I love and that I'm interested in, I connected with it that way. Uh, and I, you know, I know that you're not a fan of it, but I also thought, I mean, I, Route 4 is different than like saying a good performance. I thought Seth Rogen was good here, though. Uh, I thought uh, the guy that, um, Sebastian Stan, the, the leader yeah, he was of, one um, of the people from Robin Hood. Uh, Robin Hood yeah. <laughs> I thought he was just great. Uh, they had that split screen at the end where they showed the real person and then they showed some of the performance. And I thought they all did really well. I mean, my standout by a country mile is Paul Dano um, in this movie. I thought he really, his performance carried it for me. But I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where I walked out and I'm like, Nick's going to hate this. I've seen people that I'm friends with online hate it. I liked it. Leave me alone. I enjoyed it. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed my good. time with it. That's good. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you enjoyed your time with it. I, <laughs> I, I hated my time with this. Like I said, I, 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 don't, I don't think any of the performances are necessarily bad, but I don't think there's any meat on any of these bones either. I don't think any of these people are, are swinging out of the park given these, like, you know, grandiose character performances. And, 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 you know, usually in a lot of cases for me, that's my gateway into a film. So I just wasn't invested. And that's a weird word to use in this movie, especially (laughs) I was not invested in anything that was happening in this movie. It all felt very, very cold. It all felt very, very out of touch probably is the wrong way to think about it, but like maybe even a little bit out of touch. Like it all just felt like, it felt like the the movie was telling me I was supposed to care about this, and I and I and I don't emphatically don't. Especially once you get to the point during like this whole um, selling frenzy when they're pushing the the price of the game stock, the game GameStop stock further and further and further up. Because and again, I just lived through this two years ago, and I felt the same way then that I do now. Like this is life changing money. And they're all just like they're it's it's like you want to like prove a point like I'm so like make your own life better like make your life better and then you know use your platform use your life to try to help other people like it doesn't do any good to try to be stubborn like past the point of making a point at least in my opinion like because there's a point in the movie where they hold on too long and they lose value you know true like, it's 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 like it at some point like it just it, it reached a point of like this is life-changing money for me like if i could if i could invest in something or if i could get some kind of break in something where i can clear like my student loans like all my debts and all that kind of stuff like that have a clean slate you know mm-hmm. that's even more ways that i can use the money that i make and like whatever else to help other people and try to do good things in the world and make the world a better place like I and maybe that's one of the disconnects that I have with this material is I can't understand the mindset of people that invest in this thing it. and they're just like no we're never going to sell diamond hands and all this stuff I'm like yeah I'm selling the first chance I get like if I buy into this stock at like three dollars and I have like ten thousand shares and it goes to like a hundred two hundred three hundred I'm out I'm right. I'm, I'm done like that's life changing money for me. Like super life changing. I don't care about proving a point at that point. <laughs> right. I care I care about making. <laughs> 
like clearing, <laughs> like making my life b- better in a way so that I can use my platform and so that I can, I can do what I can do to try to make the world a better place from that instead of just staying stuck in debt and only doing little bits of what I can do over here. You know, like I'm not interested in trying to change the game in Wall Street because there is no changing the game in Wall Street. There's not like, right. ooh, what, ooh, they, they caused one hedge fund to close. Who cares? Who who cares? What right. changed in the end of this? Nothing. Hedge funds right. just look at retail traders now to see to see if they're trying to game on any stocks and and push them up like it. Nothing's going to change. No, like, no, and maybe that's cynical of me to really think that and have that mindset. So like, maybe that was the reason why this didn't connect with me. Yeah, I think this is like, you know, the little man versus Wall Street. And if you don't have it's literally being sold as David versus Goliath, Gerald. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you don't have that kind of like mentality, underdog mentality towards that type of thing, like what you're saying, because like to your point, too, and they kind of touch on this a little bit in the movie. But if the majority of those people had started selling off, you know, to get their gains, it wouldn't have worked. Do you know what I'm saying? So the point was, is that they were unified in bringing down the hedge funds. And it was, it's kind of, if you think about it on that terms, like, because of what you're saying, I also agree with. Because if I turn, you know, $500 into $150,000 in the course of a few months, why wouldn't I be like, I'm fucking cashing out. Like, that's tremendous. You know what I mean? It changed my whole life. Exactly. So that's what I mean, though. So if you step back and you look at it from that perspective where that that many people could have done that, it would have ruined the movement. And I'm using that in air quotes. But that's the fascinating part to me is that and I like the way Gillespie and the script had all these inner intertwined storylines with all these different characters that were buying the stock, but none of them knew each other. None of them were connected. And they were all from different walks of life. You know, you had the one kid who worked at GameStop, and then you had the the single mom who was a nurse, an overnight nurse or whatever. Who, who mystifyingly um, never sold and still is like, I don't get that. I can't I even understand. remotely buy into that mentality. I cannot get it. But that's what I'm trying to tell you why I think the disconnect between you hating it and me liking it is because I'm looking at it from a perspective of, Not the logistics of it, but the fascination and the kind of miraculous movement that all these people kind of blindly got involved in to kind of try to stick it to the man is just that's just crazy to me that thousands of people would just be like, oh, I'm not going to cash in because I'm following this dude in a cat T-shirt in his basement. I mean, right? I mean, I don't know I, whether you like the movie or not. I mean, you have to admit that's kind of fascinating that that many people would follow this dude. I, I mean, I think it's fascinating for sure. Yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of where I'm coming at it from. I mean, the cold open I did was like I, I made a I made a joke about this being the scariest uh, the scariest movie of the year. But like now that I think about it, these characters remind me of horror movie characters. They make really dumb decisions. Sure, like they wander down that hallway in the creepy house alone, even though you know the killer is going to jump out of the closet and slash their throat. Like that's the characters sure. of this movie. These are all like secondary characters in a horror movie. That's literally every single character in this movie. Well, let's talk a little bit. We're going to wrap up here in a second. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the performances real quick. So Paul Dano, I loved thoughts on his portrayal here. Man. I mean, I, I mean, no, I don't know. No performance I mean, in this movie did anything for me. So it's going to be the same nothing. answer for me time and time again. None of them did anything for me. Literally what was your favorite nothing. one though. 
What, I don't, did you I don't, have a favorite? I don't have one. I, I really, really don't. Probably, honest to God, the, the 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 only real slight touch of emotion I got, like in the in the movie, was when the family goes to like their sister's grave because like their sister like died from COVID or whatever. Oh yeah. Like and Clancy Brown is the dad was probably like I like Clancy Brown, so like like mm-hmm. their family yeah, was like was probably the best dynamics that you got in the movie, but. Like this is like a hundred minutes long. Give me some more time with this family. Let me get invested in these characters so I care about him investing in GameStop. And can we like the thing about GameStop that's always made me mad when this thing whole this whole thing happened and then I relived it again with the movie is that this is GameStop. Who doesn't hate GameStop? Everybody hates GameStop. The company's terrible. It's utterly and completely the worst. They only saved it to try to prove a point. They only propped it up to try to prove a point. Who as if you're listening to this right now or you're watching this who didn't take a game to GameStop at some point in their life it's like brand new you bought it like a week ago you just didn't like it or whatever and they give you seven cents for it like legitimately like their right. trade-ins were sure. like absolute highway robbery and then they turn around and sell it for 59.95 absolutely ridiculous everybody ever nobody likes GameStop literally everybody <laughs> hates GameStop and always has literally uh, forever uh, literally my son likes so GameStop they the have Pokemon they, cards there you can get Pokemon <laughs> cards anywhere, Gerald. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, GameStop was interesting, too, because they got this thing where during COVID, everything shut down, all the malls closed and shopping. I mean, it was a fucking, it was like, you know, Dawn of the Dead in 2020 when COVID first hit or whatever. Yeah. And they had this weird thing where they were able to stay open as an essential business because they because they sold computer um Equipment, like yep. keyboards and mouses and that kind of shit. So that was interesting, too, because obviously had that not been a factor in their company platform, then this phenomenon, if you will, would have never happened. So I think COVID kind of plays a little bit of a role in kind of this movement, too. Uh, and I've already mentioned how I love the intertwining storylines. I disagree with you on the performances. I thought they were great. I thought I thought Seth. One of the questions we're going to answer in fan feedback later is Seth Rogen's best performance. This is one of them. This is like top five <laughs> out of here. It's so good. Oh my he's god, he's so good in this. Uh, Anthony Ramos working at GameStop. He was great. Uh, I mean, I could do without Pete Davidson, but you know he's pulling all the chicks, so I'm a fan of his. So that's fine. I think. I think again. I think Pete Davidson and Paul Dano. I think their interplay as brothers was probably one of the only strengths of the film. I think that was a thing that actually sort of worked for it. Like it okay. actually sort of worked Good. in his behavior. Like you got the sense that they were like you know brothers who like the sister was the glue of the family and held them together, and they kind of yeah. have this animosity toward each other, like where they fight and stuff like that. And, you know, they kind of have to probably forge their way ahead in the world, whatever, dealing with whatever. Like, that was literally, like, kind of the only tiny sliver of a connection I made to any of these characters was to their family unit and everything like that. I think Davidson's fine. I don't get why everybody hates Pete Davidson. He's fine. Yeah, he's okay. They hate him because he pulls tail that they could never pull. That's why people hate Pete Davidson. That's it. I mean, that's got to be it. And he's about a negative 7 out of 10 in the looks department. But that's He's not bad bad as an actor, though. There's a lot of movies he's he's been in that I've had. I really enjoyed. He's perfectly fine. There's my hottest take of the evening. Pete Davidson's fine, people. <laughs> there you go. That's your that's your one glowing review of the movie. Well, I mean, I'll just say from a negative standpoint because I liked it obviously a lot more than you did, but negatives for me and what kind of brought it down was the whole kind of frenetic like editing of the film and how it would kind of get away from itself and it kind of became like a long TikTok video 
after a while, it was just like a lot of kind of like clips and flashbacks and quick yeah, like cuts. Like random and, clips of GIFs and memes and all yeah, this crap that appeared yeah. on Reddit and appeared on TikTok. And, and, and like, yeah, like cutting all that stuff into movies. Like, and, and, you know, again, this might be a generational thing. Maybe if you're younger, you really vibe with that sort of thing. And I mean, I know you do TikTok. I don't, but I do like Instagram reels and stuff. Like, maybe that's just a thing of like of of you know like a younger generation probably would vibe much more with that because it's something that they're much more used to and content that they're much more in line with uh in line with creating i don't i don't and necessarily I, you know, know and that crowd that was really involved with this or was following this uh, like college age you know kids a few years ago that were really in this story when it was happening i just don't think and i think the numbers prove that that they're not showing up to see this movie necessarily um, and I think that those types of tropes and quick cuts and the, the, the editing that was real frantic would speak to that crowd. So I'm not saying I hated it, but I just it didn't mesh with 70 percent of the movie that was playing out at a different tone. And it was just kind of weird. You know, I would kind of like what you said, honestly, I would much rather have had like a more of a deeper like intimate connection to Paul Dano and, and the, his family and Shalane Woodley I thought was super underused in this movie she's an amazing actress and she was barely in this thing as his wife and that unfortunately is what you can say about a lot of this movie and, and, and that's why yeah. like you have like, such a huge cast and you have so many characters like so many supporting characters like so many little miniature stories you're following in this movie it 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 really just I I it, it, you don't really get to spend enough time with any of these people, particularly Paul Dano's character, whom is again the person that you're supposed to throw in your lot with as the little guy. Like you're supposed to throw in your lot with him, and like like people people can like can think I'm like like defending like big Wall Street fat cats or whatever. <laughs> like uh, when I'm doing this all the like I'm not like I hate I hate I hate like the way that they game the system and the way that the rich get richer and we all just get not richer like and we all just mm -hmm. kind of struggle and scrape the way that we have to do like i hate it too and it really really sucks too you know but like that's not an automatic in for me for a movie like that's not enough for me to automatically be like okay i'm down with you i'm down let's go mm -hmm. like i'm gonna root for you you know like i'm not saying like right. you have to make like nick offerman's character and seth rogan's character like they don't have to be like mustache twirling baddies or whatever you know, like think back like Blue Beetle, like we talked about Blue Beetle a few weeks ago on the show and it was as generic as superhero movies come. Like we both agreed mm -hmm. on that. But the thing that was great about it was that it took the time before the superhero stuff really happened to really invest you in this family. Imagine just just a scant little bit more time where we actually spend a little bit of time with these people and actually really care link me to their journey and that'll take me through the journey of the rest of this film i think that yeah, that's what i it really needed and i think that that's the biggest disconnect like i i hate the gamestop aspect of it i hate like i don't understand the mentality of like not making your life better so then you can try to make the world a better place in a better way i don't get those mm -hmm. aspects of this at all but the thing that i can't buy into the most with this movie and the reason why i rate it so low except again the soundtrack slaps y'all mm -hmm. uh it's it i don't i'm i'm not invested in any these characters i just don't care about their story because you just don't give me any time with them to really get invested in it yeah i think i agree with you that a, that a failure of this film and i would have liked it a lot more well i think i mean i'm i'm speculating because i don't really know what this would look like on screen but i think the story and the like central focus of this movie was the phenomenon around the gamestop stock fiasco whereas you could have made a movie 
that was centered around Keith Gibbs and like his kind of story and that this could be built into that. So it would be much more focused on his familial issues, on the relationship with his wife and kind of like leading up to this, because when this movie kind of gets going, like he's already got like hundreds of thousands of followers. Remember? I mean, like it doesn't show us the buildup to that. And as a YouTuber, I can just tell you right now, I've been YouTubing for 10 years. I've got like 600 followers. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't happen just fucking, you know, out of nowhere. I mean, there's a buildup and there has to be something to go viral and so on and so on. So, it doesn't really show us any of that stuff. It just kind of throws us into it. And we don't have an opportunity to kind of grow into the space with Paul Dano's character. So, I agree with you in that respect. It could have been told, the story could have been told from a much more personal perspective i feel like whereas this movie while i still liked it was a lot more about the event itself and the robin hood fiasco and the hedge funds you know on their heels and like all that kind of like you said david and goliath type shit which i mean i enjoyed more than you did but still i feel like it could have been a better movie if it was told from a different perspective does that make sense yeah, I just looked this up too because I was really, really curious about it while we were while we were doing the review here. Thirty million dollar budget, G, and this hasn't even squeaked past ten yet. This is going to be nah, a huge. Nobody's bomb seeing it at the end of the day because and, and and I mean again, I think when at the end of the day, how soon is too soon? Um, if if it's something that people can like easily recall, like if you ask, and, and and granted, they have to be a little bit like they have to have spent some time on the internet two years ago, but I mean, most people remember this. Most people remember this, so they're just like, well, why would I go see this if I already, like, I remember this, you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, like I said, are people going to revisit this movie down the road and be like, man, that was a really good movie, or oh, man, that was a story I didn't know anything about, let me learn more about that, like, that's, that's a thing, you know? Yeah. Like, for us who lived through it, who literally went through this stuff two years ago, who cares? Like, we already, we already all saw it. The only reason I saw this movie and you saw this movie was for this show. We wouldn't have seen it either if we weren't going to do a review for it. I'm a Craig Gillespie fanboy. But yes, I mean, otherwise. But, but would yes. you have gone to see this over any of the other stuff that's played in theaters right now? Mm, probably not. No. It would have been it would have been third or fourth on the list. There's horror yeah. movies in the theater right now, G. Don't even, I know, don't even lie so to me. So no. So no. All right. Anything you want to say on dumb money? I feel like you didn't get it off your chest. Are you good? No, it's 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 not good. Like it's 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 just not good. And to take it back to what you said at the beginning, it wants to be the social network. It really wants to be reminiscent of that thing. It's based on a book called The Anti-Social Network. Like mm -hmm. that's like really and truly like this whole thing wants to be it's literally and, and it's executive produced by the Winkle Vosses, which I thought was hilarious I when I saw that at the end of the movie. I was <laughs> so like, funny. like, that's just literally like really rich people and like like Wall Street and like all that kind of stuff. Like just just trying to bank on this story about like that in and of itself. Yeah. Which I think is utterly and completely ridiculous. I can agree with you on that. But part. like, I mean, like. It's just it's it's just not it's it's not it's it's not it's not good it's it's not good by any 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 measure which I deem important anyway. In, in wrapping up, I disagree with you. I think that it has some redeeming qualities. I think that's, that it's a fun, brisk watch. I think that if you let me let me phrase it like this. I think the less you know about the GameStop situation that happened in 2020, 2021 the more you enjoy this movie. That because I agree with. To, because to Nick's point, we lived through it. I mean, we were hearing it on the news. I mean, it was on every nightly news broadcast for several months. 
It was just this huge phenomenon, but it just happened. So if you're removed from that, maybe you were too young to care a few years ago and you're a little older now, or maybe you just weren't into finance and now maybe, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. You'll enjoy it more. I liked it. I, I connected with it. I just enjoyed it. I, I just had fun with it. There's some definitely qualms that I have with it. I voiced a couple of them tonight. I thought the performances across the board were great. Though frustrating at times, I thought the actors in those roles did a good job with what they had. This is not by any means Gillespie's favorite. I love I, Tanya. I love Fright Night. I love Corella. Um, this is nowhere near those, in my opinion. But if you want to have a quick kind of just a quick summary of what happened a few years ago with the GameStop thing, I think this is a good watch. I really do. Now, if you're like me and Nick, or you know, you're listening and you're like, oh, well, I remember all that shit. I used to listen to it on NPR literally every day on my way home from work, which is you know what it, we were always reporting on, then you're probably not gonna enjoy it as much. But if you don't know a whole lot about it, I think it's a really cool, entertaining kind of history lesson to something that happened a few years ago during COVID. And I'm going to say that you're not you're not going to get anything new out of it either. Like I was never somebody that invested in GameStop. I like I watched this whole thing happen like very, 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 very far from the sidelines. Like I just knew it was happening. Like I would see like different things. Like when they when they when they stopped the buy option through Robinhood and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that p- popping up on Twitter when I was on Twitter yep. doing whatever. Like I remember seeing all this different stuff happen right. as it happened. I knew and was like not a part of this at all. And like this movie didn't tell me anything I already didn't know. That's true. Except for except for that the guy wore like cat sweater because I never knew anything about the actual dude that like started the whole thing. I literally had never heard his name before. So like the mm-hmm. cat sweaters and the bandana was new to me. But like other than that, <laughs> other than that, that was that that's that's really it. Like I didn't learn anything I already didn't know. All right, well, there you go, guys. Dumb Money, a 7 out of 10 from me and a 4 out of 10 from Nick, which sets it at a 5.5 from the P's, which would be a not recommend. But I think I'm going to give the caveat. If you want a crash course entertaining history lesson about something that you maybe don't know a lot about, I think it's okay. I'm shoving Gerald uh, off the screen for the video <laughs> viewers. Audio audience, this is nothing to you, but I'm I'm shoving him off the screen. No, uh yeah, I All think right, this well. is this is our biggest gulf in a movie in a movie so far, I th- yeah, think. But I see no, your besides take, the room. I besides the, the room doesn't count though. The room yeah, doesn't the count. Room, the room you don't really know what you're scoring it. <laughs> If you give it a two, you might but still again, love it. But again, I will champion this one more time. The soundtrack in this movie slaps so it hard. It is it's good. good. It's the only, it's, it's like the most memorable thing about drops. it. It's real good, y'all. Hey, uh, you know what I just realized? I'll just quote uh, Paul Dano. I just like the movie. Hanging up the call right now. And just, <laughs> I that. can't, I can't. That's, that. all I can, that's all I can say about it. I just like the movie. I don't really know why, but I did. All right, that was our discussion on Dumb Money. We wrap up every episode, Nick, by heading over to the comments section. We see what the fans had to ask us. Now, we asked them to throw us a question that is somewhat related to the movie that we are covering. And I shot those over there to you, Nick. Would you like to grab a question out and ask it or answer it, I should say? Uh, Well, as usual, G, we kind of touched on a lot of these different things during the review of the film. Yaney asked what the proper amount of time uh, was. I don't think there's a direct answer to that question. 
until people don't remember it, I think is the only there's no set amount of time. If, if, if it's a relatively small event that wasn't a huge big deal in the news and everything, like maybe international audiences where maybe they didn't see nearly as much of this stuff happen as we did here in the U.S., maybe they would care about it more. I don't know. I got. Can I just say something real quick? I, to Yanny, I don't know if that's your pick or not. That's, but not, my, that's not my pick. I just wanted okay. to bring that up. But to Yanny's question, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a, a hot topic because, I mean, 2010, the social network came out, and the blow-up of Facebook was like, what, 2006 and seven, I think? So that was only like four years old. So I think a lot of it has to do with the way the story is told. I would agree. And me and you both love the social network, but, I mean, that's David Fincher. That's one of the goats. So, I mean... You know what I'm saying? And Andrew Garfield giving one of his best performances ever. I mean, that's a different animal altogether. Whereas this movie, in other words, let me just ask you, if David Fincher had directed this movie, what would it have been like? Do you think you would have dug it? I mean, half of Fincher's movies are really, really, really bad, including most of his recent movies after The Social Network. So hypothetically, though, it probably would have been as bad as this. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Give, get your question. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> i also wanted to pick sam hurley's question of can we please review the room again yes sam uh yes we absolutely should no, we answered we amanda's question <laughs> we answered Jesus. amanda's question during this or i think did you didn't own gamestop stock either did you know no yeah, but you know so. what's funny about her asking that is that after i saw this movie i reactivated my acorns account <laughs> and i started i started investing in different Gerald stocks is sitting there flipping through starts <laughs> pouring money into stuff he's like crossing his fingers like "Ooh, it's my time i had closed it i had closed it a few years ago <laughs> ironically before the game stuff <laughs> i saw this stuff like let me reopen this account you know i'm gonna so get money know. money money i'm gonna invest in like <laughs> fucking i don't even know like which which sandwiches or something stupid oh my sweet goodness my question okay i'm gonna finally pick one here uh best seth rogan performance and i was just looking through his filmography oh, that's what i was gonna take do i have to pick a different one well, now no, if, if that's one you were gonna take i want to know your answer first then what's your answer first right. then? well i i gotta tell you i really liked him in this in in uh this movie that we're discussing i mean but i won't say it's his best performance i would say his his best like well there's two answers so there's like his best where it's like the craft of acting and then there's like the one that i enjoyed him in the most so i think his best performance is in this movie called an american pickle did you ever see that no so I think it was like an HBO original or something like that, but he plays like this uh, immigrant who basically starts his own pickle factory. And he, and he plays multiple roles. So it's him in all these different, like he's his, he plays like his brother and he plays like his cousin and he plays a couple dudes that he like works with. And so it's him like playing all these different roles. And of course they use technology to like make him be in the scene together or whatever. That's probably like his best performance, but I think I enjoyed him the most in Zack and Miri, Make a Porno. Okay. I love that movie. Not a I bad choice. I love that movie. It's a good movie. Not a bad choice either. Uh, mine's, mine's Steve Jobs. He was Steve oh, Wozniak. Okay. He was yeah. he was Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs. He was great in yeah, that. Yeah, he was good in that. He, he was, was great in that. that. I mean, that's a, that's such a good movie. And the, I mean, speaking of which, like Steve Jobs only died like a few years before that. Like that's again that's something true. that covered something really, really recent. I mean, granted, although it did like a lot of like Apple product launches of stuff like historically as well. But for like a biopic of someone who was you know a very prominent figure up until he had died like pretty recently as of the movie coming out. 
Like again, it's it's as you said, it's the way that the material is handled, and that movie mm-hmm. was just that movie was absolutely incredible. So I mean, maybe this was just maybe this was just because Craig Gillespie sucks. Maybe we're just giving Julio what he wants. Just 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 if we just say Craig Gillespie sucks, do we does that win for Julio? Does Julio right, love us down. more? Calm down. <laughs> Uh, Julio doesn't know that he likes Craig Gillespie. I'm going to tell him here in a second. Uh, All right. Well, you basically asked all the questions in the fucking thing here, but I'm going to say, I'm going to actually talk about Julio's. So I'm not going to talk about the Craig Gillespie making movies part, but he he says, if you didn't know this was based on a true story and you went in blind, do you think you would have had a better or a worse time? Now, I definitely want to get your take on it, but there's a movie called the big short about wall street, which I think is loosely based on true events too, but I didn't know that going into it. I freaking love the big short. I love movies like Moneyball with Brad Pitt about, you know, kind of figuring out the mathematics of baseball, which of course is based on a true story about the Oakland A's, I think in the nineties. And then we already talked about the social network, but I think the answer to Julio's question would be yes. I feel like if I didn't know anything at all about this GameStop stock thing from two years ago, I didn't know this was a thing, and I just went to see this movie because I like Paul Dano, let's just say, and I watched it and it played out, I think I would probably have liked it more. What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to disagree. Again, I I don't think so because I already talked about it. Like My connection into movies is characters usually and i did not connect to any of the characters in this movie like i really i really honestly did like i know i've been throwing a lot of venom at this movie throughout this review but like i really went into this kind of thinking like you know what maybe this will be another social network type movie about something that it doesn't seem like i'd be interested in it on the surface but then it's just made like whip crack smart like so good like really investing really get you in there and and everything like that but this just it, it it just it just was not that like i just was not invested in any of these characters i just didn't care i didn't throw in with like his whole struggle against the 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 you know the little guy versus the big guy like any of that kind of stuff like and 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 like the fact that i am a little guy you know in in the scheme of things in the world who like will never be like a wall street like hedge fund billionaire and never know what it's like to like live like that and like have that kind of life or be in that kind of world i should throw in with his character like you you didn't have to do much movie to get me invested in his story and his mm-hmm. like we're the right. little guys and we're standing up against the freaking big wall street fat cats because wall street fat cats like suck and like you know they buy elections and they do like they have control of everything you know like literally everything you know, all their money, like, literally buys and controls freaking everything. We have no say in anything as much as we like to believe that we do, you know? And I should, I should, given all that, given how I, like, personally feel about all that kind of stuff, it should be a simple, it should be a cinch. It should be an easy in for me to say, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. Diamond hands, stick it to the man. Like, no, let me clear my debts. Let me, let me, let me, let me take it. Let me, let me, let me make my life better and make other people's lives better too. No, don't do that. You have to, the movement has to stay intact. If you do that, if people start doing that, it's a domino effect and the movement falls apart. Don't you understand the premise of the movie? All right. Uh, Next week on the P's guys, that was our discussion about dumb money. And I think we all realize that Nick is uh, kind of a fan of it. Somewhat, somewhat of a fan of it. 
That's what you took <laughs> a away. Bit. That's what you took away from all this this last hour, right? That's that was your takeaway. All right. Um, next week on the P's. So uh, in the next few weeks. By the way, we got a lot of movies to cover coming yeah, up in do. the next couple of months. A lot of awards contenders are coming out. Poor things. Killers of the Flower Moon. I mean, a lot of shit's coming out. We also got Halloween around the corner as October 1st as we're recording this. So next week, Nick and I are going to talk about the new sci-fi film from Gareth Edwards called The Creator. That will be the review next week. And then the following week, we plan to have kind of a Halloween-themed horror episode, which will make me very excited, where we're going to talk about Saw X and the new Exorcist Believer. We're going to probably cover those on the same episode. That's the game plan as we speak. We gotta watch them both so, for the same episode. Yeah, Ugh. brother. Saw X is out, dude. I'm going to see it on That's Tuesday. Right. You need to get your Saw ass X. out there. Saw X is already out. I really, I'm really. Yeah. We talked about it before. I'm really keen to see Saw X. Me uh, too. Now, now, granted, I the last movie that David Gordon Green made was the 2018 Halloween. I did not watch either of the two sequels because I heard how terrible they were. But given okay, everyone I know's <laughs> reaction to those other two Halloween movies that he made. I am not what? at all looking forward to Exorcist. Whatever. Right, you're, a, you're a P now, brother. You cannot talk like that. That's fucking blasphemous. What, what did you just say about the Halloween sequels? By the way, Halloween ends did suck. Is that what you're talking about? Those are the yeah. I've, I've never, <laughs> I, I the last the last movie of his I watched was the Halloween 2018, <laughs> the right, one that was really look, good. This this will probably be a whole discussion when we get to Exorcist Believer. But I love Halloween 2018. Halloween Kills. I really liked. Halloween ends steep drop off so we can talk about that when we get to david and gordon green i guess but uh anyway next week the creator are you excited for that one nick you're gonna check oh, yeah. that one out gareth this week? edwards baby love gareth edwards uh he let's do it like gareth edwards godzilla is still like complete utter masterpiece of like big monster <laughs> movie cinema what rogue one i mean like i mean think about think rogue like, one's great the way that he does the way that he does perspective like he yeah. does perspective like nobody else does and even though like Tony Gilroy and the whole Rogue One, they like took that movie away from Gareth Edwards a lot, really, especially for the third act. But like, I mean, think of like those shots of like ATATs like on the ground and like like troops like running up against them and like all those kind of different things. Like, like there's so much in that movie, like the shots of the Death Star and like all that. There's so much Edwards in that movie. Like that's why I, that's why I really love about it. Well, so, I took yeah. my son to see. I took my son to see the Creator Saturday night last night, and uh, I'm seeing a big it, Gareth so. Edwards fan too. Yeah, he's huge. He's he's nine. He he's been through the whole catalog. Does he love Godzilla? I bet he would. No God. Um, Rogue One. What's your problem with the 2014 Godzilla? I mean, it's okay. I mean, okay. Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, I'm gonna. uh, We'll we'll talk about that next. Roll that roulette wheel right now. Next time I win, that's what we're doing. We're doing Godzilla, uh, baby. Where it plays into next week's conversation, but we'll be back and we will discuss the creator Can't next wait. week. I am I'm excited for that one. I really am. Nick, thanks for being a sport and going out to see Dumb Money. I got to be honest, I didn't obviously know what I was going to think of it when I pitched it to you, but I was hoping you'd enjoy it a little bit more. But uh, it, it was a good discussion, and um, I think people will see the right side of the road here. You know what I mean? Uh, more people are going to listen to our <laughs> review of this movie than <laughs> will actually go see this movie. So. Mm, you might be onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. I'll see you on Wall Street. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, see you, brother.